Nation. I'm so excited. So excited, in fact, we're hopping across the pond, touching down in West London, all so we can put the Snap Judgment microphone into some very capable hands. This week, Snap spotlights a very special piece of magic from BBC Sounds. It's called Have You Heard George's Podcast? Now, who exactly is this George? George the Poet? You are about to find out. And this is torn from both real life and the mind of George the Poet. So things can and do get raw. Both the young and sensitive listeners, they are advised. We probably present Have You Heard George's Podcast, A Grenfell Story. We begin where so very many things do begin in school. Snap Judgment. Hello and welcome to episode three of Have You Heard George's podcast. The next minutes contain some strong material, so be warned. Come, let's get into it. Miss, probability trees ain't relevant to my life plan. About life plan? You're just trying to marry a rich white man. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm going to employ myself, (laughs) then retire when I'm 30 and enjoy my wealth. Okay, everyone, eyes on the board now. How are you going to retire when you're 30, B? I'll let you know when I'm hiring. You can work for me. Come on, Savannah. I'm going to set up a laundry business. (laughs) It's going to wash the man's clothes and their dough. Do you get me? Savannah, (laughs) enough. But miss, I'm just saying I got plans to be wealthy and I don't see how this lesson's going to actually help me. So let me get this straight, Savannah. Your whole plan is to launder dirty money for a road man. Nah, not for a road man, for the whole gang. (laughs) Come on. But you don't think you need to pay attention in maths, though? Miss, this is probability. That's no, just no. (laughs) So you plan to run a business handling cash without a basic understanding of maths? But, miss, my business is about helping guys stop doing crime and start doing positivity. What's that got to do with probability? Savannah, if you let me teach the Miss, do you know what it is? Everyone's got their lane. Do you know what I'm saying? Tell her, Savannah. Like, I hustle. I don't need no class. But obviously you teach, so it will look bad on you if we don't pass. Savannah, I'm not having this conversation. No, no, listen to her, miss. Okay, I get it. Maths is like ideas and theories and that. But my business, yeah, this is for real. I'm not being funny, but business isn't your field. Ooh, miss, you're going to have that. Savannah, where's your pen? I forgot my pen, miss. Can someone lend Savannah a pen, please? Savannah, Savannah, there you go, babe. Thank you. Write down what I'm about to say. (laughs) See, Savannah, given that 50% of new companies in London cease to function past the first three years... Write this down. I'm writing, miss. Cease to function past the first three years. To me, the importance of this work seems clear. And you said you wanted to retire by 30? Yeah. Okay, well, annual growth of 20% in the first three years only happens to 6.6% of startups in the city, actually. And given that you plan to retire by 30, your company will have to grow pretty rapidly. In fact, you'll need a turnover of at least a million pounds a year. Is that sounding fair? You hearing me loud and clear? Yeah, that's me. Come on. Yeah? What do you mean? Oh, okay. Less than 3%, write this down. I'm writing. Less than 3% of new, less than 3% of new businesses do those kind of numbers and many of them rely on private funders. Now, I can tell you this because you guys are grown. Companies owned by Africans, like you, Savannah, are four times more likely than ones owned by white people to be denied a loan. That's true. Yeah, but when you're self-employed, obviously, you ride alone. So it's up to you to decide if you're down for the ride or not. But to answer your question, Savannah, what's probability got to do with your business? 
actually quite a lot. But the miss, free, I wasn't even listen, trying to... The three biggest challenges to Africans and women who have businesses are access to finances, choosing to move into saturated markets, and straight-up mismanagement. So if all your money is coming from gangbangers and crooks, and you're running a laundry service as bad as it looks, you're going to need a lot of math skills to balance the books. And I've already mentioned the strain on business that mismanagement puts. So you're going to need qualified staff, but your business partners aren't on the right path. Let's say, for every year they spend in the streets, their chances of ending deceased or with a sentence at least have gone up by half, okay? So what's the probability your business will last, given that you're taking on such a difficult task in which your criminal past is a prominent feature? Miss, if I were smart enough to answer that question, I'd do more with my life than becoming a teacher. Savannah, get out. She said what? And what did you say? I just told her to get out. I hate doing that. It's like giving up. It's a bit neglectful, but obviously she was disrespectful. That was disrespectful. That was mad disrespectful. You got to draw the line before you get drawn out. Look, it's still on your mind all now. I think she felt like I was raining on her parade because I was hitting her with all these statistics. Yeah, but she needs to be more realistic. Are you going to be in a maths class talking about washing money for trap stars? These kids listen to two-two rap bars. They get gas fast. Obviously, I don't want to have these conversations with any 15-year-old, but if I shut them down, they're going to disengage. Mm. It's like sometimes I feel like 15's not such a distant age, but this generation's on a different page. And if I don't talk to them about the roads, then someone else will. Like, it's fascinating. And I know how these girls feel. Good thing is you speak their language, babe. So you can control the conversation and take it back to their studies, even when they're acting <laughs> bit cruddy. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. What's funny? You should tell that to my senior staff. I swear down, are they, are they, on, a, are they on a different page? <laughs> it's Nevaeh's dad. Oh, One second. Cool. Hello? Yo, what are you doing? Nothing. What's up? Is there something I can um, help with specifically? Yeah, I can't take Navea's point. Come again. I can't take her, sorry. Can I ask you something? You see, when we make these arrangements, do you think I do it for your entertainment? You must think I do it for your entertainment. No, this is serious. Not a bad person, not a one off. This is me and your best behaviour. My time is just better behaviour. No, it's cool, it's, it's fine. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. It's, it's fine. I'll take that. So listen, you don't need to know you don't need to know who I live. Oi stranger. Long time no see. How come we never link? Anyway, I heard you're performing at a conference on that tomorrow. We should get a drink. Let me know. Sorry about that. It's Corby. No one told me life was this hard. You seem tense. Would you like a massage? <laughs> you think you're slick? <laughs> no, you think I'm slick. Mm. No comment. Ah, uh, wait there. Yo, we saying neck, shoulders, lower back. <laughs>
Neck is more than enough. Thank you. No problem with that. George, can I tell you something? What's that be? Some days I feel like I ruined my life by having a baby. But if I had to live life without my daughter, I'd be like a fish out of water. Mm. And I can't bear the thought of leaving her in this world with a father who can't support her. Mm, that was good. That I am. But because I had her crazy young, even people at work treat me like I'm just another baby mom. And them kids tried to show me up non-stop. I don't know why, you know me, I'm on job. Yeah, they're learning something thanks to you. It's probably because they all fancy you. <laughs> um, I thought they're learning because I'm good at what I do. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> I'm, I'm just teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But I do think sometimes people don't see the value in me. I mean, look at you and me. Be real with me, you don't want me. You just like to chill with me. And I'm not saying that for sympathy, it's kind of the same thing for me. But I think I feel like that just because I think you feel like that. With me, you don't act all lively and excited. You don't even come to my flat despite being invited. I bet you don't even know what floor I live on, right or wrong. You just pull up outside and honk. What? All of a sudden, you're a silent monk. What am I supposed to say? What do you want me to say, for real? Well... I am gonna have my daughter after all, so I should probably get an early night. Ah, uh, I'll drop you in a second. No, I'll get a cab. Thanks. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> fine. pursuing this at a higher level, but it, it, it just stands that I, I, I feel the use Yeah, come in. I feel like... Good afternoon, please have a seat. I've, uh, I will be leveraging the access I have. So, thanks for your assistance. Uh, I'll, I'll be awaiting the call. Hello there. Sorry, that terribly rude of me. Just had some bother with the train line. See, every day I get the same train at the same time. Pretty early. 6.30. Now, now, this morning, I was actually late in because the train I jumped on changed destination mid-journey. And look, yeah, these, these things happen, right? You, you take it up with the service pro provider, which I did, firmly. Because actually, technically, I, I didn't sign up to take two trains. I signed up for one. So, okay, call me anal, for sure, but, you know, that's, that's the guy I've become. I mean, I mean, look, I value consistency, and I'd hope that is, is reflected in the ship I'd like to run. So I do like for my staff to sing from the same hymn sheet, you know. Ultimately, our differences are only skin deep. See, when you took this job, you committed to upholding certain values. And by that standard, what you stand accused of having said yesterday places you directly in breach. Now, you are a talent. That much is apparent. And hey, a role in senior leadership for you certainly is within reach. But that would require a unanimous feeling that we aren't, pretty much as I said, singing from the same hymn sheet. 
Now, I, I, I do accept the point that some of the more challenging students may warrant a situational change of tact, but, you know, that it, it doesn't actually change the fact that, as a school, our, our name should remain intact. And, and, and look, if, if it turns out you are more interested in helping these young people sort of sharpen their street smarts, then actually this, this might not be the place for that. Perhaps you'd be afforded more leeway in a pupil referral unit. But the problem we have in a school like this is if you pay undue attention to the troublesome ones, you can disturb more students. And I appreciate you're, you know, you're using your personal prudence, but with the limited time you have, you need to choose between work or nuisance. I mean, I mean, here's the deal. Right, parents, parents entrust us with their children for seven hours a day so that we can turn them into functional members of society. Not criminal masterminds. And in the typical class environment, that's difficult half the time, to say the least. But actually, any deviation from that contract makes us no better than the train that changes destination after passengers board, which is a misstep we, we cannot afford at all. So look, let's, let's draw a line under that one and carry on galloping forth, if... Yeah, yeah uh, sorry, Mr. Brown, the, um, the fire drill is just... Ah, stop. yes. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to have to take this one, I'm afraid. So, so look, thanks for your time, and remember, galloping forth. Snap Judgment presents Have You Heard George's Podcast from the BBC? When we return, powerful conclusion of a Grenfell story. Stay tuned. This week, we're spotlighting Have You Heard George's podcast from the BBC. And George the Poet is about to meet up with his lady friend, a teacher who has had a pretty rough day. So you can take Nevaeh tonight. Yet you're saying it like, like I didn't just cancel my plans. Like you couldn't have just taken her to Anne's or her grands. Sean, our daughter needs us to be civil with each other. If she sensed this tension even a little bit, she'd suffer. Okay, we're not doing great right now, but we've done worse. And we only got better by remembering that she comes first. 
Changing the VA's schedule in the middle of the week without any warning is not putting her first. Imagine how she feels, it's off-putting for her. And it's frustrating for me having to talk about something this simple. I don't think of myself as a single mum, I'm her mum and I'm single, but it's like you... Can you please make sure she does 10 minutes of reading before she sleeps? The book's in her bag. And please keep an eye on what she's watching online. I don't want her obsessing over her looks or her swag. I know you think I'm saying this because I just like to moan and cuss and over fuss. But Sean, what I mean is, our child needs consistency from both of us. Hi Georgie Porgy. I don't really like communicating by walkie-talkie, so if you're free later, turns out I won't have Nevea, which everyone knew was gonna happen, but yeah man, I'm there. Gonna do some marking and some lesson planning with a glass of wine to pass the time, so if you're local, you're mine. Keep your secrets from me. Okay, uh, George, we're ready for you on stage. Yeah, I'm coming up, bro. Oh my god, if you ever heard how the deputy head spoke to me today, you won't believe it, mate. It's too much to tell. I'll tell you when, if you come later. Pierre Bourdieu said all reality is a construct. We exist in relation to our social ties. So you'll never understand me without considering where I'm from. The local guys. And for the record, I'm over yesterday. To be honest, I think a joke about my kids fancying me was poorly times, but I know that's just you and your We exist in relation to other guys and girls. So I had to move to a better reality from one where everybody tries and fails. Yeah, if you're up for a little vibe, little bounce, this that invitation to mine still stands. Not because you're hella important, just because you're better than boredom. See, if we forget how outcast the voice of an outcast is, they'll never be heard. Every word is noiseless without answers. See, there are no choices without chances. Thank you. Thank you. Not gonna lie, I'm a little hater sometimes, but your performance was so entertaining. That poem's amazing. It's like no one in the audience blinks. Thank you. Would you like to order some drinks? By the way, do you actually know what floor I live on? You better do. Because I'm not telling you. <laughs> anyway, I'm kind of tipsy. Tipsy. Yeah, you're taking too long. I've got to tell you what the deputy head said. Imagine, yeah, he basically said I should find work in a crew. I'm thinking, do you know how lucky you are that I am working with you? He was like, yeah, you might call me anal. And I was like, yeah, because you're a... <laughs> uh, my head's spinning. My head is spinning, babe. I wish you were here right now. What am I supposed to say? Ultimately, 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 ultimately
Yes, good evening, brother. Yes, boss, brother. How you doing? Yeah, what is your name? George. It's me. Okay, and where do you go? Going to Northwest 10, bro. No. Okay, okay. Crazy traffic, so, man. It's... Boss, man, I'm sorry. I'm just about to get on the phone. Do you get me? Oh, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yo, B, I, I listen to your million voice notes. <laughs> Yo, I'd love to come through, but I'm waved right now. Tell a lie, I don't know what floor you live on. I don't even know the name of your block. And uh, I see your point, I'm saying a lot. I've been thinking about what you said. It's been spinning around in my head, and it's true. I'm a man that only does what he wants to do. And because of that, I'm complacent when it comes to you. Just like your baby father or your kids at school. You give more than you get and it isn't cool. It must be difficult. In fact, let me give you a call. Yo, boss man, where you going? That's... That's brother, you need the A40, brother. Brother, crazy fire on that side. All over the news. Listen, huh? listen, news. Coming from West London. The London Fire Brigade are dealing with a huge fire in a residential tower block in West London. West this is Grenfell Tower, 23, maybe 24 story block of flats in West London. Boss man, turn that down for me. 200 turn it down, boss. Yo, B, what's your block called again? I'm hearing there's a madness in your end. I don't know, what's, I, I can't remember what your block's called. Let me know what block it is, please. As soon as you get this, please get back to me. seen a person at a, at a window there. We saw them once or twice. Uh, we don't know whether it's a resident or a firefighter, uh, but uh, it's in that area where that hose is being trained. So we can say that at least some people are, are still in the building. It was a trick question, miss. You said, what's the chances my business will last because I'm taking on a difficult task and my business partners have a criminal path, like typical path. See, I thought you were having a dig and a little laugh, like where's this girl going with her criminal stuff? But now I remember. The first thing you said was there's a 50% chance any new business will last. So, um, I tried to write it down in a probability tree so I could properly see what the possibilities be. 
Only 3% of 50% of companies that survived their first three years in the same period of time turn over at least a million pounds a year. But I couldn't work that out when you asked me. And I think it's down to fear. If a thousand students started a business now and here, 15 of us could turn over a million pound annually. I just felt like it wouldn't be me, so my feelings started spilling out angrily, and I'm so sorry for being rude to you, miss. Like, like I am, really. I thought you were trying to dim my little light because with my little sight, I was trying to win my little fight, but you were trying to prepare me for war. And all of the things you said, I get it now. They're independent variables. They can happen at the same time. So while I've got an access to an education, I might as well pattern that to save time. The fact I am female, the fact I am African, the fact that half my friends are drug trafficking means it might be harder for me securing alone. And I might end up going all in alone. But you know what, miss? Even if the chances of me closing the business in the first three years is 90%, which obviously I would highly resent, there's still a 10% chance I might make it. It's only right that I take it, miss. <laughs> it's quite basic. So... So thank you, Miss B. So this is like in the cinema at the end when everyone gets up and brushes the popcorn off their clothes but you're still sitting there, affected. I want you to picture that screen, pitch black with the words based on a true story. Now it says written and directed by George the Poet. Produced by Ben Brick and George the Poet. the cast in order of appearance Jade Elaine as Savannah Michael and Panga as classmate one Freddie and Panga as classmate two me as pretty much everyone else Sophia Thacker as work friend Ben Brick as Mr Brown's assistant and venue sound guy Featured music, Touch, performed by Chica Dole, Running, performed by Abiyosia, 
all other original music produced and composed by Ben Brick. Special thanks to Kenny and Panga, Khalil Rouse, Peter Gregson, Greg Jameson, and Future Studies. This piece was written in honour of the Grenfell Tower residents and their surrounding community. This episode of Have You Heard George's Podcast with a Snap? It references the very real Grenfell Tower fire in 2017. A 24-story building in West London caught fire after a freezer malfunctioned. Within minutes, the entire building was ablaze. 72 people perished in the Grenfell Tower fire. George tells the story of life as he's experienced it, and he has so much more waiting for you. Subscribe. To have you heard George's podcast, tell him Snap sent you. We can't wait to feature more George in the future. Now, after this short break, a young, penniless student arrives at college with no place to stay and is forced to make a way out of nowhere. Stay tuned. Snap Judgment's underground lair in WNYC Studios. Welcome back to Snap Judgment. My name is Glenn Washington. And yes, you are in for a treat. The lights, the cameras, a sold out San Francisco crowd. And I saved a seat for you. Front and center. Snap Judgment, live in San Francisco. Now, this guy, he's an amazing brother. In fact, he was just nominated by the NAACP as the best playwright for a play that he wrote. We're excited to have him on this stage. Please welcome Mr. Don Reed. I grew up on East 14th in Oakland, California. 
When I was like 20 years old, I got recruited to UCLA on a speech and debate scholarship, a partial scholarship. But nobody told me that partial scholarship, loosely translated, actually stands for not enough money. <laughs> yeah, I was suffering bad, bad. I was really excited when I first headed off for UCLA. I hopped on a plane. Landed in LA, starry-eyed, and realized I didn't have nowhere to live. <laughs> Hadn't quite thought that part out yet, right? So what I did was, every day after class, I went to a different dorm room and I partied. Went to a different dorm room and partied every night. Party, party, party. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh -huh. Dancing white to fit in. How are you? How are you doing? How are you? How are you? And crashed in a different dorm room every night. But they caught on to me. So then I slept in the movie theater, and they caught on to me. So then I got a brilliant idea to sleep in the girls' restroom at UCLA. They had those little couches, you know those little period couches? Those little, it's my time of the month, you might back up, I might choke you couches. I sleep in those. Now, the building where the speech team met had a lot of those couches. Kinsey Hall, built in 1929 with words of wisdom etched in stone over the doorway. But I never read it. So I sneak in there and sleep, but I never got good rest because I didn't want anybody to walk in on me. So I kind of slept with one eye open all night like... I didn't want some girl to walk in and say, Suzanne, Suzanne, there's a Negroid in the women's restroom. Alert the authorities, right? I knew I needed somewhere to live. I needed a job. So I went to the classifieds and I found an excellent opportunity. Seeking neat, clean college students to serve breakfast to the elderly in an upscale environment. Beverly Hills Hancock Park adjacent. The Kipling Hotel for your busy, friendly, happy retirement. I waited tables some up here in the Bay. I'm like, I got to get this. I caught the bus over there. It was almost as if classical music was playing in my head as I passed luscious lawns and stunning mansions. This was going to be the next level of my life. We rode by a golf course. People waved at me. I was on the bus. But the bus went way, way past all that night. And I ended up in a nasty area with trash on the ground. Heard errant gunshots. Police helicopter. A little scroungy dog ran by. Looked like he gave me the finger. How do you give the finger with a paw? I stepped off the bus. And there was the Kipling in all its non-fantasticness. I walked into the lobby and I was immediately met by the scent of urine and log cabin syrup. <laughs> kind of nasty, but kind of sweet. <laughs> I went through the interview. It went well. They told me they'd let me know. They did let me know. I got it. Serving breakfast to the elderly for room and board. 
Now, every day after you finish your shift, you had to kind of rush through the lobby because the old folks would be camped out in the lobby and they try to capture you with a long ass boring story. The kind, <laughs> the, the kind that destroys your soul. The kind that while you're listening, you go, am I dying as I'm listening to this? Did you just reference Custer? How long have you been on the planet? So you had to do this little move where you kind of jog through the lobby and point your watch like, I got things to do, I got things to do. But sometimes I just slowed down and I got to know some of them. I got to know this one old guy named George. One day he was standing in the dining room, you know, uh, kind of Catskills type dining room with a green linoleum floor and uh, cheap curtains that wanted to be much nicer. And George, standing there, five foot two with his little dead finger, he's like, Don, Don, hold on just a second. I want to talk to you for a second, Don. I want to talk to you. I have a situation, and you're a smart guy. You serve me my breakfast each morning. I want to know if you think what I'm thinking about doing is a good idea, okay, Don? Okay, look over here, okay? Look right there. That's my seat. Every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, everybody knows that that's my seat. But now there's this new guy, this new guy, an old guy. He just, just plops in my seat. He just plots his, he plots his in my seat. He's giving me the spilkers, this guy. This guy's giving me the spilkers, okay? Okay, I'm thinking about doing something. I want to know if you think it's a good idea, okay? I'm thinking of going up behind him and stabbing him in the back of the head with a fork. You think that's a good idea? <laughs> to stab him in the back of the head with a fork. You think that's, look at him, watch him, look at, watch the son of, watch him chew, watch him chew, watch him chew. I hate that guy. I'm too old for this. I'm 92 years old, okay? My wife died 25 years ago. Every night I say my prayers. I say, dear God, when I wake up, please let me be dead. I wake up, damn it, still alive. So how are things going for you? I said, they're going pretty good, George, but I'm having a hard time staying in school financially, and I, I really just want to be a comedian. He said, you could do that. You go to school and be a comedian. You know, people can, can make it through anything. People can do anything. They're resilient. Trust me. I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. Um, let, let me tell you a story, Don, okay? I used to live... Um, I used to live overseas, and um, one day they marched into our area and they say that we're going to be prisoners of war. We're like, okay, we're going to be prisoners of war, right? But what they did done is they, they, they took us to this camp, and then they tell us that we're, um, we're just going to be held. Don, you, um, you see these numbers on my arm right here? He pointed to some numbers tattooed on his forearm. They put those on me there. And so one day, a soldier walks in dressed in all black, and he says, it's time to take a shower. Now we knew some folks that headed off to these showers. We don't quite remember seeing them again. Didn't know if they were transferred. Confusing. But we changed clothes. We get in line. It's almost my group's turn to walk inside these showers. And allied soldiers British, American, I don't know, they show up and pop, 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 
They shoot the guys in the black. Pop, pop, pop. They shoot the SS guys in the black. And they freed us. And that's why you'll never hear me say an ill word about a soldier that's fighting for good. They try to say all soldiers are murderers, they're all killers, but sometimes you gotta do that. Sometimes you gotta fight. When someone's trying to wipe out your entire culture, you gotta fight. You better fight. You gotta fight, Don. But um, you don't have time to listen to all that stuff. You're real busy and you got a lot to do. I said, that's okay, George. He said, Don, did I ever tell you I had a beautiful wife? She was beautiful. She had this song. Well, I sing it to her. I sing this song to her. Go, hold on, I got it. Hold on. You are most beautiful girl in the whole wide world. You are beautiful girl. It's a short song. I made it up. But then I tell you. I've lived a good life. I treat people well. I keep my word. That's a big thing. You got to keep your word. You got to keep your word, Don. But I've lived too damn long. 92 years old. Every night I still say my prayers. Dear God, when I wake up, let me be dead. I wake up, damn it, still here. And you know what, Don? You know what they still give me? I'm 92. You know what they still give me? My driver's license. You better watch out for me. I'll run you right down. I'll run you right down. I lived and worked at the Kipling for five years, serving breakfast to the elderly, and they served me stories. I left the Kipling, and things went very, very well for me. Many, many years later, I got a big project, working with a huge star. Her name rhymes with Mopra. I wanted to remember being hungry because things were going so well. I wanted to remember being really hungry. So what I did, I swear to God, I went back to UCLA to the very building where I used to sleep in the girls' restroom. The very building. While standing outside, I looked up and I finally looked at those words of wisdom that were etched in stone over the doorway. They say, nothing is too wonderful to be true. It's a quote from a scientist, Faraday. Nothing is too wonderful to be true. And guess what's etched in stone over the doorway of the Kipling Hotel? Not that. <laughs> I think it's scratching with a butcher knife that says something like lick my nuts or something like that. <laughs> but nothing is too wonderful to be true. It could be my old buddy George, who grew to 92 and beat the Nazis. He beat the Nazis and finally, happily, woke up dead. Or you could be me, who grew up in Oakland, headed off to college, 
was homeless for a while but battled through and ended up here with you on this wonderful night or something like that. Don Reed. That story was performed at Snap Judgment Live in San Francisco by Don Reed. Music composed by Alex Mandel. Performed by the Snap Judgment players Alex Mandel, David Brandt, and Tim Frick. And I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. Look out for the live concert film shoot of Don's one-man show, East 14th Street. It's directed by Robert Townsend. Robert Townsend, it'll be in Oakland later this year. You will not want to miss this. I know I'm going to be there. Follow us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll post about tickets as soon as we know about tickets. See the full video of this performance in all of its Technicolor glory, along with countless other amazing performances of Snap on the live stage on our YouTube channel at Snap Judgment Films. everything I promised? Was it? Listen, if you missed even a moment, get the incredible Snap Judgment Storytelling Podcast, and please, if Snap Judgment Storytelling is your jam, let the world know. The digital world, the alternate world, even Madonna's material world, let them all know you Snap. If you heard what I heard and need to represent, get your limited edition Snap sticker or mug right now on our Patreon and support Snap Storytelling with a beat beat doesn't happen unless you make it happen and don't be shy follow us on instagram snap judgment radio snap is brought to you by the team that never not once sleeps in the snap judgment bathroom overnight except of course for the uber producer mr mark ristich pat mccini miller anna sussman Renzo gorio john facile shana sheely liz mack marissa dodge nika singh eliza smith lauren newsom Hail Dakot, Flo Wiley, Nancy Lopez, and Leon Morimoto. Wow. This is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, you and your sometimes lover could have an entire conversation in iambic pentameter, even though you're not exactly sure what iambic pentameter even is. And you would still, still, not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is WNYC. True indeed, most definitely. I bleed from my pen and breathe, breath on the beat. 
effortlessly. I'm present, so I'm never deceived by the devil and the heaven in me. Energetically and kinetically, we let it be to find a little bit of levity in everything. Don't pity me, cause I'm the epitome of resilience and brilliance. I shine glittery, literally gilded lily with skill and wit that they unfamiliar with. Got my finger on the trigger, ready to pull it and dip like a pluck on the guitar string. When we doing our thing, it's for the ancestors and the offspring. We sing, we come together, we cling, we deal with whatever we bring for the bettering of the gathering. So let the festivities begin. When I pick up a pad and a pen, best believe that it's bringing out the best in me. Yes, we do on our best. We do on our best when we maneuver our flesh. We do on our best. We superhuman, but we do on our best. I'm sure that you can attest. We do on our best. Yes, we do on our best when we maneuver our flesh. We do on our best. We superhuman, but we do on our best. Yes.